0: It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Todd Marquart, attorney
1: at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt.
2: Welcome to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. And I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas, And we're back with a live episode here in San Antonio.
3: I'm so excited to be back after a two-week break
2: absolutely and we have a guest that's going to be on the phone with us today so we won't be able to take any live calls but if you're tuning in now and you want to be involved with our show today send us your comments in the facebook post that we have available at talk law radio and just look for the scales of justice
3: i'm todd marquart your host and attorney with marquart law firm Decisions about your future can be difficult, but at Falcon Bank, their trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210. 210- to discuss how they may be of service to you. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar of Texas wants attorneys to inform the public about the law But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are ever-changing, material discussed here is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information gathered has been uh, gathered from reliable sources, individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you receive here should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we start talking about the law, let's begin with a prayer.
2: Absolutely.
3: Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Tammy Trevino, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners today about housing programs to relieve those who are struggling from the economic effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. So we have our phone lines tied up because we have our special guest, Tammy Trevino, of the Executive Director of the Bear County Housing Authority. Ms. Tammy, can you hear us on the line? Yes, I can. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and being live here on Talk Law Radio. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself with us?
1: Okay, well, as you know, I'm the Executive Director for the Housing Authority of Bear County. Uh, this area has two housing authorities. It so has the really big one, which everybody knows as Saha, the San Antonio Housing Authority. And they pretty much serve the entire uh, San Antonio area, which is which is a big area. They're considered a big housing authority. We're considered a smaller housing authority, but just as important. We serve Bear County and the unincorporated areas in Bear County, not specifically the city of San Antonio. So that's kind of what I do. Uh, who I am as a person. I'm a mother of four children. I have a son-in-law, two grandkids, seven sisters, two brothers, and all from uh, civil servant parents who um, who have done their best to raise us as um, public servants and uh, people who believe in helping others get ahead.
3: Tell us about your background. What did you do before coming to Bear County Housing Authority?
1: So before I came here, I was a political appointee for the uh, President Obama's administration. I was appointed as the Rural Housing Administrator for under the U.S. US Department of Agriculture. So I was the highest-ranking housing official in that department. Um, Served on a came in at a very important juncture. It was during the uh, housing bust, so very quickly got. felt like I was drinking from a fire hose. We, we basically went in and we're trying to deal with foreclosure prevention and the issues that were affecting uh, the housing bubble at the time. So I, I did work with the president for uh, two terms. And in 2017, when he walked out the door, I walked out the door with him. And uh, previous to that, it's about 20 years of community and economic development, mostly in rural America.
2: So you've really been involved with trying to give some kind of structural balance to the citizens here in our country.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's uh, for me, I, uh, that's the purpose of the federal government. We're here to serve. And uh, if you don't believe in service, you have no business in government.
3: Bear County is certainly lucky to have someone with the experience that you have.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do my best. (laughs) Thank you
3: for your service. How did you develop the passion for housing?
1: Uh, Believe it or not, uh, my mom was a director of the Public Housing Authority in a little town called Pearsall, just south of here, where I grew up. So I like to tell people that housing was in my blood um and never that wasn't my goal my goal was not to become a housing authority director <laughs> but uh, i do remember being volunteered by my mom to come <laughs> in and help and so we we would come in and help her and you know do some filing talk to the residents and take you know messages so we've kind of been involved in uh in you know some form of uh of uh, service from, you know, from way back, I I, I think I'm uh, the only one probably in the family who took it and actually made it my cause. Uh, but we're all a family who deeply cares that and believe that we're our brother's keeper and we watch out for other people. Uh, I've tried to instill in my in my family that if we help enough other people get what they want, we're going to get what we want.
2: So then, Miss Tammy, do you think I understand that you already said that. Working with housing has been in your blood. It's been in your family with your mom as a great icon for you growing up. But did you find yourself trying to be involved and interested in some other type of in, of occupation and you just found yourself getting thrown into housing all the time?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, coming from a from rural area, uh, everything is kind of interrelated. Uh, if it's not housing, it's... Um, it's jobs. It's um, how do you provide for the business community? How, so um, you find yourself doing a little bit of everything when you grow up in rural America. Um, the the skills, the talents, the people who have the time to serve and, and that can provide to help other people be better sometimes is limited. You're, you've you got people that are trying to make a living every day, so it's, it's really hard to have someone who... Um, who wants to step outside of their comfort zone and, and help. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there, it, it's a little bit of everything I've done business development. Uh, I, I ran a micro lending program for a while through a nonprofit, but it's always been in the either government or nonprofit sector. Uh, very early on, I was in, um, my background was in the medical profession. I like to tell people that I've had Tammy one Oh one, Tammy two Oh one, and Tammy three Oh one. Yeah. And one, yeah, and so 101 was when I was raising my children. It's the first 20 years of my adult life, and I was raising my children. I was, you know, being a mother and, you know, and, and so on. And, uh, but I was also working in the medical profession at that point as a, as a medical office manager and mostly with elderly populations. So uh, then I went into this community development, always working for government and nonprofits.
3: Well, we're glad that you're doing that now and I, I wanted to uh... thank you for sharing that about your mother i have a similar experience uh... my mother used to uh, serve uh, people who needed medicaid and she would sit at a desk across from them and help them fill out the application well now there's so many applicants and the com- and it's so complicated that people have to hire an attorney to get help with that and so i help people in that area qualify for benefits when other people tell them that it's not possible. Well,
2: that's awesome. I myself ended up finding myself involved with Mr. Marcourt and his mission of Marcourt Law Firm, helping homeowners and people provide a legacy because when I was a child, I lost my home and we didn't have any help. We didn't have a will. We didn't have anybody to stop the foreclosure. It's a long story, and I would love to share it with our audience when you stay tuned after this commercial. This is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. If you have questions, send it in Facebook.
0: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marcourt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marcourt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com.
2: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Cristiana Viegas, And on the phones, tying up our lines, is Executive Director of the Bexar County Housing Authority, Tammy Trevino. Miss Tammy, can you still hear us on the phone?
1: I can. Thank you.
2: Terrific. And we are still live. And before we went to break, I was starting to open up a little bit about why I am curious about this topic that we're going to dive into of helping renters and homeowners understand what are the regulations and problems that people are facing and what kind of programs are available in the community. I, myself, I came from a city in Baldwin Park out west, and it doesn't follow a lot of the Texas laws and regulations, but as a small child, because we didn't have a will, we didn't keep up with our mortgage payments, The house got foreclosed and I had to travel for two years to five different cities, constantly wondering why we couldn't stay where we were, why we couldn't have a stable place. And because it was me and my brother and my mom, as a child, I thought it was my fault. I thought that because my mom had kids, we couldn't stay with friends and family and we couldn't find a place Because we were a problem. We were taking up space or something like that. So in this time right now, I'm not sure if any other children in today's generations are feeling that or if they're worried about that. But it is a factor sometimes that not only is it a financial strain on families to keep a home and make their payments, But it's also an emotional and psychological strain on the children to understand that they're not in a stable environment.
3: Wow, you're right, Christiana. There's such a need for uh, housing authorities. And by the way, Tammy, I wanted to ask you some questions about the housing authority just to help the listeners understand what exactly it is. You call it a, a public facilities corporation. What exactly does that mean?
1: It means that we're quasi government. We're not we're not government in the sense that we don't levy a tax. So that's not how we survive. But we're quasi government because we survive mostly on government funding. So um, in um, so public housing authorities, even though they're federally funded by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, they're actually uh, chartered through a state charter that comes through uh, either uh, city government or county government so for instance Faha is chartered through the San Antonio uh, the city of San Antonio we're chartered through uh, the Bayle County government programs.
3: okay and one of the things that you do is affordable housing developments can you explain that so
1: most public housing authorities have had to figure out how to survive outside of federal funding in in these last, you know, 10 to 20 years of reduced funding um, ever since. Um, well, suffice it to say that you have to have other programs that help you supplement the ability to provide housing, uh, affordable housing to your residents. So, the federal funds don't cover all the expenses that you need, and when they go away, like during a shutdown or you know it, it, any kind of of uh, of uh, emergency that could plague a federal government, then we're always in jeopardy of losing funding, and that puts our tenants, our residents in jeopardy of housing. so we try to come up with other programs that provide. Some type of income resource that, uh, that that allow us to then survive. And development of public housing has been one of those areas. So uh, we've had a lot of support from local governments who allow us to participate in bond financing. So we take uh, um, revenue bonds or our uh, public facility bonds that allow us to. Uh, defer some of the the cost of building and development. And in return, we make sure that whatever we're building, wherever we're developing, it's going to be affordable for people at 80% of median income or below. So it's not public housing like it used to be. It's not the projects that people used to talk about. It's actually nice developments. A lot of them are brand new because the program has been evolving. And and that's what the development is, and it's both, it's multifamily housing, but we call it affordable because it's we've got we've received assistance to keep
3: it affordable. So these are like apartment complexes.
1: Most of them are apartment complexes. Yes, mm-hmm. some people get into single family development that's affordable. We're we're not in that we're we're not in that arena. We just do multifamily housing. So they are apartments. They're apartment complexes. And the other thing that we do is not only do we go out and develop as, as, a, as an agency ourselves, we partner. Our biggest, our, our biggest initiative is the partnerships that we develop with other developers that are out there. So there's a lot of really good developers that provide good, affordable housing programs all over the city of San Antonio. And those programs um, will partner with us. In order to have access to the bond financing, and when they partner with us, they they bring they bring in either HABC or Saha as um, as an agency of the government, and 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 that allows them to get some reduction in cost. For instance, we don't have to pay property taxes because we're part of the government, so we don't. So that is a savings to the person who's building that multifamily development, and in return, they. Uh, Utilize the funding bonds and the savings and property taxes to keep their housing affordable. So it's it's that it's not market rate. So if you pay, you know, eighteen hundred for a three bedroom apartment, you might be able to get it for twelve hundred under an affordable housing program.
3: Oh, okay. And how does that relate to housing choice vouchers?
1: So housing choice vouchers is a little different. the Federal Government years ago began to put out housing choice vouchers in order to allow for mobility of of residents. Um, the idea was not to concentrate housing in public housing in areas that were already distressed and to try to spread where people could go. so they they came up with a housing choice voucher that was one of them is a tenant based another one is a project based uh and so um they're they're different in that if i give a housing choice voucher that is tenant based to a tenant that tenant can take that voucher and go live anywhere within our jurisdiction which is bear county and and find a landlord that will rent to them and be part of the program so Anyone can rent to someone with a housing choice voucher. What that does is that allows the resident now, the tenant, we do a calculation based on income. And when we determine that the family is eligible, we take 30% of their income and it's called the the tenant portion of payment. And that TPP is what that patient, that uh, tenant pays every month. And anything over and above that, we cover under a housing housing choice voucher, and we pay it directly to the landlord. Oh, wow. so the landlord is a, the landlord is assured of at least seventy percent of of the rent. Or and in many cases, when a family is, you know, at fifty percent, sometimes thirty percent of the median income, we may pay as much as uh, you know ninety eight percent of what the rental cost is.
2: So the term "family" is thrown a lot around, and I understand that would be the biggest concern of making sure that families who have small children are able to keep a stable environment. But what about renters who are single and they might be struggling?
1: It, it, it doesn't matter. You can be single. You can be a single elderly, a single young person, um, you know, a family of five, a family of ten. Um, it, there's no discrimination whether you're family or whether you're single. Now there is a difference between someone who's a student at a university that has access to other programs. So the idea is not to duplicate what's already out there. So um, and and they're just treated a little bit differently. But you can have you can have a household of four single people, and uh, the idea is to take all the income of all four single people and make sure that together their combined income still allows them to qualify under the, um, um, under the requirements for income guidelines based on HUD. That's interesting.
3: I also read about self-sufficiency programs. How do you describe that?
1: So anyone who participates in any housing authority program, whether you're, public housing or a voucher or a batch, You're allowed to participate in what's, a call, what's called a family self-sufficiency program. What we do is we encourage families to get ahead and we, we ask them to set goals. Is your goal to go to college? Is your goal to buy a house? Uh, in some cases, their goal is to buy a car so they can get to work and stop using public transportation. Uh, public transportation sometimes takes them two hours to get to work, and if they had a car, it would, you know, obviously would be easier. So it depends on the goal of the family, and it allows us to work with them. We have um, case managers, and, and uh, we call them SSS uh, coordinators, and they help the family coordinate the resources that they're going to need to get ahead. It gets to get a trade, we keep them in touch with uh, training opportunities, whether it's the Alamo Area College, if it's you know they need help with, with jobs, we make sure that they're going to TWC and getting the Texas Workforce Commission and getting job opportunities. And so we're helping them and we guide them, meet with them on a monthly basis to try to help them meet their goals. It's a five-year program that when they start with us, we take their rent that they give us, and, and we uh, begin an escrow account for them. And instead of, of uh, them, so remember I told you they pay 30% and maybe the 70% we uh-huh. pay? But well, we, we take that 30% and we put it into a savings account for them, and we end up paying 100% of the rent for those families. And that 30% starts to grow month after month after month. And by the end of five years, what we're hoping is that they have enough money there to be able to pay for college or be able to buy a home. And, and that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get families, show them how to save money, show them how to get ahead, and then uh, help them put them in a, in a better situation to get them out of public housing.
3: I wish that they would teach that course in high school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> true, true. All right. And you know what? The... Um, I want to say it's the um, Federal Reserve, or maybe it's um, it's one of those entities. Um, they have they have courses that can be taught in high school on financial literacy. They have a they have a, a, a section of modules that you can ha- access, and uh, they do a train the trainer, so they'll train your teachers, and your teachers can use them in
3: the schools. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're about to come up on a break, right, Christiana?
2: That's right. It's gonna be about three minutes, Miss Tammy, so we appreciate it if you staying on the line with us while we get through it. If you're tuning in now, this is Talk Law Radio and we've been talking about the Bear County Housing Authority what its mission is, what it offers, and when we come back, we're going to break some news about new programs available. So if you have questions right now, we can't take any calls today, but we are live streaming without any audio problems on our Facebook page. Type in Talk Law Radio and find the Scales of Justice. You can send us your comments or any recommendations if you want to have another topic later on in the future. We're always looking for new guests and making sure that our audience is aware of what state laws are in place for them to understand. Again, that's Talk Law Radio, and you'll see the scales of justice. We hope to hear from you soon in the comments section, and we're ready to take those comments and questions. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt and I'm your co-host, Cristiana Villegas. And sticking with us through our commercial, on the phone, tying up the lines, Ms. Tammy Trevino, the Executive Director of the Bear County Housing Authority. If people weren't listening to the first half of the show, Ms. Tammy, could you provide us a small summary about what your role is and what kind of programs are available with the Bear County Housing Authority?
1: So as a public housing authority, we provide affordable housing opportunities to people who are at 80% of area median income and below. Okay,
3: okay that's a good summary. <laughs> now we'd like to get into how is uh, Bear County Housing Authority responding to the economic difficulties uh, caused by the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: So there are several things. Uh, when a family has been affected, and their inability to, for instance, to pay their rent has has been affected because of a job loss or reduction in pay, um, if there are already if they're already um, tenants and and participants in any of the housing authority programs, they can call and. Let us know what has happened. We do a recalculation of their income, and we look to see if we can reduce that 30% that they're liable to pay. So it's possible that we could get to a point where if they've totally lost their job, we're paying 100% of their rent at this point.
3: So that's if if they were mm -hmm. already in the program, then then they can get additional benefits. Okay. Correct. What else? Correct
1: if they're if they're not in the program one of the things that we've done is we've partnered with uh Bear County's economic and community development uh department and um we've taken some of the funding that they've gotten under the CARES Act and some of their general funds and we're using it to help Bear County residents pay for up to 3 months of rent if they've been unable to pay so for instance um The funding was made available sometime in April. It was retroactive to March when the pandemic began. So this is all related to COVID. Um, Once the the declaration went into place, if a family lives, we call it TRAM, the Temporary Rental Assistance Measure. Um, And once a family realizes that they've lost their job, they're not going to be able to pay their rent, they can apply to us and we take It's it's very simple. They have to be at 100% of median income, which for a family of four is about $72,000. So a lot of people qualify into that. And they must live in the unincorporated areas of Barrack County or one of 26 suburban cities. So, what that means is, if you
3: go ahead. Let me stop you there. Run through what that area might be, just what you can remember off the top of your head.
1: Okay, well, if you live in the city limits of San Antonio, it does not include you. But if you're right on the line of the city limits and you live right across the street from a city limit sign that says you're no longer in the city limits, then you qualify. So you might think you live in the city of San Antonio, but if you're outside the city limits, even if you're your address is San Antonio, Texas, you probably qualify. And so you have to live in the unincorporated area of Bexar County. You can actually go to our website and there is there's a, there's a, a hyperlink. Where you can you can click on it and you can type in your address, and if it tells it tells you if your address is in an eligible area, and the other areas is um, uh, the 26 suburban cities. That's uh, Palomar, Alamo, Alamo Heights, Leon Valley. All those those are all considered outside of the city limits of San Antonio, but within Bexar County. Oh. So anyone who lives in those cities, they're eligible for rental assistance as well.
2: So then, obviously, our show can't help people start signing up with those applications. We can't take any calls to say, okay, this is who you contact, and this is the day that you show up with that paperwork. What is the website available or the phone number, Miss Tammy?
1: So if they call 210-940-1180, 1180, that's the phone number, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and you'll get a live person. And you can talk to them, and they'll walk you through the application. They'll tell you everything you need. They'll even look up your address if you haven't had a chance to look it up to see if you're eligible, if you don't have access to the Internet. So uh, you can do that. If not, if you have access to a smartphone and, you're, and, and you can get on the Internet, you can actually do your application on a smartphone. And, in fact, 70% of the applicants that have come through the program have applied on their smartphones. Wow, that's uh, a game-changer. Right, or a device. So we've made it user-friendly, and it works on a mobile phone. So uh, that um, you can go to that website, and you can go to HABCTX.org. That's the Housing Authority website, Uh, and uh, forward slash TRAM, T-R-A-M.
2: All right, then. So if you're scrolling through your Facebook feed in the middle of the night and you're just catching this episode or you're tuning in now, Those numbers are dialing 210-940-1180. That is the number to call Monday through Friday, 8 in the morning until 5 in the evening to speak to a live person. If you're on your smart device and you want to be able to contact and get some help, visit habctx.org forward slash T-R-A-M.
3: Okay, so this uh, COVID-19 program uh, through the CARES Act that you're getting funding from, is that only for uh, people below a certain annual income, or is it open to others?
1: It's just for people who are at 100% of the median income or lower. So if, as I said earlier, if you're a family of four and you make 72000 a year, that's 100% of the area of median income. So it's going to vary depending on the amount of uh, the number of people that are in your household. So for a family of five, you can make 77000 If you're a family of seven, you can make 89000 If you're a family of one, it's 50400 So a lot of people qualify that don't realize they qualify. They think this is just for, you know, Really, really, people who are in poverty, and uh, while we do help those folks, and a majority of these funding has gone to those folks, um, it's good for it's good for all the way up to 100 percent of area median income.
3: And your program still has funding. It's not like the Paycheck Protection Program that ran out of money, right? That's
1: correct. We're not even halfway with our with our. We haven't. We still have more than 50% of our of our uh, funding available. There's plenty of money, and we will lend up to three months. We will we will give. It's not a loan. It's a grant of up to three months of assistance uh, for that.
3: So if you know somebody who's living in the unincorporated areas of Bexar County, in one of those suburbs that's really not San Antonio, but might even get your mail uh, address as city of san antonio at least check or or talk to your relatives or your family members and friends about calling bear county housing authority what was that number again
2: that number is 210-940-1180 or if you have a grandchild who's tech savvy and has time to share their smart device with you and help you. That website is habctx.org forward slash t r a m like mother. And that is available 24 7. So if you're in the middle of the night and you realize that you might need this help urgently, then don't hesitate. Miss um, Tammy, there's a lot of stigma behind people who seek government assistance um a lot of the times the stereotype is that maybe they're lazy maybe they're not applying themselves all they're doing is just take 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 and that's all they want to do is just be freeloaders but a lot of the times these people are still working and trying to find jobs trying to find more income so that way they don't need that help is there any kind of penalties if somebody signs up for this program are there special tax processes that they have to go through to show that they were receiving this aid?
1: So they're not going to have to, uh, they're not going to have to pay any kind of tax on the aid that they're receiving. And in fact, we don't even count their unemployment or their unemployment boost or their stimulus check as income. So so if, if they're not working and the only money that they're making is their unemployment or their the the stimulus check uh, that's not even counted towards their income when we're trying to so we might have people who were making a hundred thousand and have lost their job and you know they they're working as you know part-time right now making less than twenty thousand a year and we're gonna count the twenty thousand not the hundred thousand they were making prior
2: I think this is the breath of relief that a lot of our citizens need to have because right now, the push is always that you have to apply yourself and get the best position that you can. But when not a lot of people are hiring, not a lot of people are outgoing and making their purchases and the cost of living is rising. It's a lot harder to try and catch up financially of being able to stay, remain stable.
1: Yeah, I I agreed. And, and there, there is, there should be no stigma uh, attached to asking for this assistance because if you need it, that's what it's there for. Um, there are so many times when it's not needed, and and uh, and it's abused. That's far few and far between, based on the folks that we do help.
3: We're about to go to another break. When we come back, we'll talk about my favorite segment, legacy, but we'll also talk about how people with mortgages. Uh, can get some relief Tammy uh, will explain what she knows about that uh, because she's got so much background in housing in general
2: so when we come back from this break we'll be reviewing that information if you have any last minute questions though, you want to submit just find us on Facebook, Talk Law Radio and the Scales of Justice but stay tuned after this break
0: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com.
2: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. And I'm your co-host, Cristiana Villegas. And on the phones, tying up our lines, Ms. Tammy Trevino, the Executive Director of Bear County's Housing Authority.
3: So now that we're back, and did we talk about everything that you wanted to say about those rental programs?
1: Yes, we did. Uh, I think it's important for everyone to pick up the phone and don't hold back. Don't feel that this is, a, um, this is not a, a handout, this is a handout. It's helping okay. well, you.
3: Okay, will you talk to the homeowners now, those that might be struggling to pay their mortgage? What could they do?
1: So I know that the city of San Antonio has one program. I, I give you that number um, uh, to that where you could call and get information from them. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. But the city of San Antonio does have a, a program similar to TRAM where they're helping with rental assistance, and they also have included mortgage assistance, so they could call them. But short of that, I think one of the things that, uh, in my experience, working with the federal government and working with usda and with hud um well we have found that people who go into foreclosure a lot of times it's a communication issue there are many times where we could have saved a family from foreclosure had we started communicating earlier when the families first started having issues so the first thing you need to do when you think you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage is to call your lender most lenders are willing to work with you, uh, and there's several several options for you. For instance, um, right now during COVID, the federal government under the CARES Act has put a restriction on foreclosures, and I believe they go until August. But you can ask uh, for anyone who has a federally backed mortgage, but someone who did an FHA loan, whether it went to Sandy May or Freddie Matt. And you can look online there's actually a website um it's called uh knowyouroptions.com forward slash loan lookup and you can actually look up your loan to see if it's a federally backed mortgage and so it's going to ask you for your name it's going to ask you for your loan servicer you know who services your loan that kind of thing but you'll put that in there and it'll tell you if it's a federally backed mortgage and if it is you're safe from foreclosure at least until august but here are the other things that are available to you if you have a federally backed one if you can ask for a forbearance if if you haven't been able to to pay uh it is going to accumulate they're not going to foreclose on you but the fees stop uh accumulating they they can no longer charge you fees no late fees no penalties Your your interest will keep accumulating, your rent payment will keep accumulating. At the end of the forbearance period, you will owe the money, but there will be some type of a payment plan that can be made uh, and and that will allow you to pay it within your means. You're going to have to show what your means are.
3: Okay, so um, they'll still have to pay.
1: Yeah, they'll still have to pay. There is, this is not a, a loan forgiveness program of any kind. It's just a... It, it's, it's just part of the moratorium on foreclosures that the federal government uh, um, uh, applied these other measures. So there's, there's a forbearance, there's a default, and then there's loan modifications. Those are, those are the three things you can do. And the difference is that on a forbearance, it's going to continue to accumulate, and, and you'll probably owe it at the end of that period, and you'll have to come up with a payment plan, in which case the loan servicer will work with you to see what you can afford. Um, Under the deferral, there's a possibility that you can defer all your payments until the end of your loan or until uh, your loan is sold. So if you sell your home, that money will be due at that point. So, for instance, let's, let's assume you still have 100 payments left on your mortgage, and you're going to miss the next four months. They're going to defer the next four months. They're going to add it to the end of your loan, and you're going to owe, owe another 104 months.
3: Oh, okay. So
1: it's not forgiven, but it's tacked to the end. It's deferred. Right.
3: It'll help for okay. right now.
1: Exactly. I,
2: I know that we give that disclaimer at the beginning of each show that not to take anything we say as actual legal advice or to go and take that action But generally, in uh, common sense, I think people should withhold on buying that luxury item during that deference, right?
0: Save your money. Make
2: sure you're still saving it up so you can finish making those payments when it's finally due.
3: Right. Right,
1: right. And and the third thing, the loan modification. Let's assume that somebody was making one hundred and fifty thousand when they went into uh, you know a year when they went into COVID, and after COVID, they've not been able to find a job of that caliber, and they're making eighty thousand. So the house payment that they were making is now too expensive. So you have the ability to repay because we can see that you've got a job. So the loan officer or the servicer will work with you on. A loan modification, and what that is, is, those are changes to the term of the loan. So they can, they can, you can refi the loan to get a lower interest rate, or you can, if you have twenty years left on the loan, you can maybe do a loan modification for thirty years, where again you refinance the for thirty years and it extends the life of the loan, but it also lowers your house payment. So the idea is to lower the house payment to get it affordable.
3: Awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. Now, Tammy, it's time for our legacy segment. Uh, you know Court Law Firm focuses on business and estate law, and Court Law Firm sponsors the show, and they sponsor this segment. And so we like to ask our guests about their legacy. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Wow, you know, I, I thought about this because I know you ask all of your all of you. <laughs> asked yes, the same question and the more that I thought about it the harder it became so I decided just to go back to on a gut level what I what I've always thought and uh, after I had worked for the federal government for eight years I realized that I had so much knowledge that I never would have gotten otherwise so on a professional level if I can just pass on a little bit of what I've learned as a professional woman as a Latina uh, in this Time of COVID and this time of the Me Too movement, I think all have somehow made a difference and that someone's life was made better because I lived. As far as on a personal level, I think that I'd like my children, grandchildren, family, all my friends to know that they were loved by me and by God because of God, that no matter what, they, they were loved, they are loved, and they were loved, and, and that that alone is the key to the decisions that we make every day. If we make our decisions out of love uh, and with God, I think we'll always be guided and we'll be doing the best we can. I hope the kids, I hope that I leave that behind and that everybody who knows me, um, I hope that I live that and and they can see that.
3: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That means a lot. And uh, what a lot of my clients will talk about if they have a home is that you know that's the, a big part of their legacy not just because it's valuable but because that's where all the memories occurred and yeah. so some people they hang on to the house because of that it that's where all the memories were and they want to continue those memories for other people that may be renting um their legacy might be in uh family heirlooms or it might be in letters. Uh, Believe it or not, if you leave uh, a family heirloom, it's different than leaving a letter because a letter they can read over and over again, the loved ones that you leave behind. And so uh, for people that are interested, I tell them that they can write a legacy letter. It's not something that you have to have an attorney for. You just write down what you want to write down, what you want your family to remember. Or it could be lessons learned. Uh, one of the things my dad always said was uh, you, you know, those who inherit something or win the lottery, um, just be careful because more money makes you more of what you already are and if you're a charitable person you'll probably give more to charity if you're an alcoholic you might drink more so you have to be careful with that so i hope (laughs) i hope that uh, my kids uh, remember how hard i worked uh, to put food on the table for them so that they at least inherit a good work ethic how about you christiana
2: My legacy is the legacy of being curious. I always love to learn about new stories and trying to understand why people perform the actions that they do or believe the things that they are trusting in. So I always like to ask the who, what, when, where, why, and how – Um, To try and put myself in that person's shoes and learn a little bit more outside of what I've been influenced by in my own environment. Um, Being a part of this podcast is actually part of that legacy by getting to ask so many new questions with all of our different guests and sponsors that we've had. I thank you again, Miss Tammy, for giving us a bit of your Saturday morning to share with us. You're
1: welcome. It's been my pleasure.
2: And we're always looking for new guests to come in and different topics that maybe the community wants to hear more of. So we can't take any calls today. We have our Facebook page open, Talk Law Radio, and you can send us comments and suggestions if there's a new topic or guest that you want us to have discussions with. Like next week, we're going to have a new live episode discussing jury trials with Ben Davis. And at the end, we're going to be having a pastor on our team as well at the end of the month. yeah. Then July, we will be having a pre-recorded episode. So you're going to have to miss us in July and send us those suggestions for our August lineup. We've been talking about the housing authority, the different programs that renters and homeowners go through to try and make sure that they can be able to meet their financial obligations at the <laughs> end of the month. Um, so if you're listening to this show and you're not here in Texas or San Antonio then don't worry because you can visit our sponsor seniordirectory.com and type in your city and state to find out if there's resources available for you to contact by visiting seniordirectory.com but if you want to find out more, information that we've had of our previous guests then visit our website talklawradio.com and again the facebook page is for you to send us suggestions and who knows we might give you a shout out that you have recommended us this
3: episode and we will look forward to hearing more we also have the itunes podcast and so if you listen to a podcast please give us a rating and tell your friends about our podcast as well Thank you for listening. This is Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Markport.
2: And I'm Cristiana Viegas. We'll be back next week at 11 o'clock Saturday morning.